When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. These guys know Kiss inside and out. They freak me out all the time. You're going to enjoy it. The episode is epic. Oh, boy. Here we go. Pressing the button. Star? Simmons. Star? Paul Stanley. Is that what he does? Stop shouting. He's not what you would call a handsome man. Oh, no. Here come the kiss times. Is that a positive thing? Okay. All right. I'm going to grab me a nice cold mellow Why? Why do that to the fan? Stop it. Why? Because the fuck Talking about 617 You do? Hey, fuck Do you like Kiss? Settle down. Hello. Hey, what's up there, Kiss Army? Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast. We're up to episode 235. Kiss Alive. Wow. And what better time to do Kiss Alive than while you're in Greece? <laughs> the, the soft sounds of the quiet storm with yeah. Zeus. It's going to be like, you're back now at the jack-off hour with Zidic. <laughs> <laughs> what did he say with a, something that slaps you across your fat ass? I guess with a fat, fat dick. dick. <laughs> All right, welcome new listeners. Yes. Hey, I, hey, uh, honey, there's a new Kiss podcast. I bet you they're good guys. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I uh, I told everybody, in, including half the village, uh, I'm recording my Kiss podcast. In although it's uh, now ten thirty at night. At 30 at night. At 30 uh, at night. <laughs> good morning. Uh, you might Let me speak point. to the drug dealer of the island. <laughs> yeah. um, I uh, told him, be wary. I might be talking about kiss loudly at night. Nice. There we go. Yep. Big episode. Yeah. It's taken us a long time to get to this one. Yeah. And I was able to do some prep along the way, listen to live a million more times. And mm-hmm. uh, I had a eight and a half hour flight to think about this album. Yep. So yep. Uh, before we get into this, as usually we take a step back and we go over last week's episode and Tom, what did we do last week? And what was the poll? We talked about the wives and girlfriends of kiss members. Ooh. And the poll was which of these would be your favorite lovely lady of the Kiss members, wives and girlfriends. Shannon Tweed, Samantha Fox, Deborah Jensen, Carrie Stevens. Are you interested in the results of this? Because Carrie Stevens wins the poll 34%. 
Wow. You, you know what uh, really got me is I'm telling you, people don't know who Deborah Jensen is. If we well, put I, I was gonna get uh, uh, of yeah. all these women, I guarantee you she'd be a lot higher. I agree. Yeah, Carrie Stevens got 34%. I'm not gonna argue with that because to this day she's still gorgeous. Shannon Tweed Simmons, 34%. So kind of a tie Ooh. right there. <laughs> Samantha Fox, 28%. And then four percent don't know who Deborah Jensen is. Yeah. So um, she's well, she's, actually, she's, you should say ninety six percent don't know who she is because only four. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah, that's, no you're right. That's okay. You're right. Uh, and, and then the other, the third people uh, uh, like to to be a chubby chasers with uh, Samantha Fox. I guess I'm when, on an island there. <laughs> when did she become a chubby chaser? She's like five feet one inches with a big rack. Yeah, she's she's like, like a fucking fire hydrant. She's. We have a different definition of the word chubby, dude. She's <laughs> short with big boobs. That's it. Anyways, we got a couple of write-in votes for the very lovely Pamela Bowen. Oh, yes. 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 And then we had a lot of people who lived up to the parody of what we knew was going to come our way when we oh, when we when we prefaced the episode. When we prefaced the episode. Remember, we said, look, this we say we've been saying new listeners, we've been saying this from the beginning. This show is entertainment. If you get some information from us, wonderful. But we are not kiss faq and god bless them we are not we are an entertainment show that may or may not provide information we do our best to and tonight we're gonna do a live we'll show you that but we said last week when we're talking about the wives and girlfriends this is not dateline nbc this is a moon landing documentary yeah and of course what do we get oh this episode could have been a lot better shows your lack of history okay yeah, really I, I didn't realize that our toolbox. ability uh, yeah, our level of history is determined by what year Peter Chris banged Deborah Jensen. Sorry. <laughs> oh, did we get all the wives correct? Yes. Did we get all uh, most of the girlfriends correct? Yes. Who cares? Exactly. We're, we're it's not just talking about it to break it down as far as like psychoanalyze their relationships. We're just talking about who was hot and who, but the fun. But the the funniest the funniest part of this. Is that we said that this was going to happen at the beginning of the episode, and sure as shit, it did. So, yeah, uh, it was it was just funny. But a, a couple comments on the poll. Zim says, "I voted for Carrie because she is still a smoke show, but Deborah was just as hot." Yes. And then we had a lot of write-ins, which was not. I love when people you know know more than us on certain topics. So people were talking about some of the women in, on that website that we weren't a hundred percent familiar with. You know, clarifying some things, which is fine. We love that. Look. You, this is as much your show as yeah, it is ours. If you, the kiss card signal, and they yeah, came if you guys ex- absolutely, you guys got stuff to share. Share it with us. Connie was referred to as Sweet Connie, and I guess she was kind of well known in uh, a couple of songs out there. Uh, we somebody, uh, our buddy uh, Doctor Two, posted a couple of pictures of great references in this episode, oh. including Nicole Bass and Where's My Bitches. <laughs> Uh, Georgianne Lapierre is Cher's sister. Yes, we knew about that. But yeah, I think Facebook, we got a lot more contributions uh, about some of the people there, but a lot of feedback and a lot of fun. It was a fun episode. So that's what we wanted. So that's what we got for Twitter. All right. On the book of face, uh, our buddy in coming of the week, man, Jack Pinocchio. <laughs> Mamma mia, mamma 
Thanks to the shutout, guys, and comment of the week with my memes. I'm glad you all love and enjoy them. I try to bring some extra joy and laughter to this already awesome podcast. We love you, Jack. Uh, Absolutely. Mark Flores' music was awesome. Uh, he put a picture of Shirley from What's Happening Now <laughs> in her head in one of those like love boat kind of uh, yeah. photos. Yeah. <laughs> And he writes, makes you wonder what kind of chicks Kiss would have gotten if they broke up after the elder. Oh, Eric Solomon says Lydia was hot in her day. Her book sealed with the kiss is really good. Yeah, we mentioned that. Yep. Uh, Todd Hughes, as I'm 26 minutes into this episode, I can't help but think that you're listening to the midnight smooth vocals of Zeus on podcast, <laughs> keeping it soft and smooth in the midnight hour just for you. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, god damn joe magic says lydia chris was the most beautiful and nicest i wish she wrote really wrote a tell-all book she didn't mm. brian robinson asked us did pepe castro make the list <laughs> my, my my buddy pepe castro he's he's a real ladies man <laughs> couple times i couldn't tell who was blowing me could have been peppy sometimes when you're drunk you can't tell you lift up the covers you're like oops i thought you were somebody else it's peppy oops i thought you were somebody else exactly uh, no no that's when he was blowing peter <laughs> it's disgusting <laughs> uh, in peter's book read it here's i think the comment we were referring to somebody named dave mitchell i've never heard him before he listens to the show so sorry dave we're glad you listen to the show but you, you you kind of fulfill the pat- up, my friend. You, you you fulfill the role of the kiss tar that we predicted would would get. Sorry, fellas. Pretty poor research <laughs> and execution. This episode could have been so much better. Here's what you do, Dave. You go on YouTube. You research how to start a podcast. You put it out there, and then you do one yourself. You and your circle jerk of buddies can fucking jerk off to it. You can do that. That's fine because we don't care. Yeah. Lighten that being up, said, buddy. thanks for Lighten listening. Up. You're yeah. you're way too serious about this. And our buddy Jay Scott from the Hook Rocks jumps in, Tom. Oh, yeah. He came in off the top rope for us. <laughs> Dave, you're a joke. <laughs> I don't know if these two have had a, a running before. First, if you're determined Kiss's knowledge by what they know about their wives and girlfriends, you need a hobby. Second, go back to bed. <laughs> Jay. Wow. Oh. And, you know, Jay should know about going back to bed, Tom, because he looks like oh, he yeah. woke up when he got in bed. Head. Perm- he, when he goes to the barbershop, he says, give me the bed head. <laughs> we love him, but <laughs> of course we do all disheveled every time we do a Zeppelin Chronicle. <laughs> well, he's uh, going to say that we're waking him up too early. That's why. Aaron Nirenberg says, Zeus, you sound so laid back. I think I'm listening to NPR. Opa, let's go to our Loudcasters page, Tom. Go to him. Go to him. Go. Tell Ace his girlfriend is ugly. Yeah, we got a lot of comments about Tommy. So okay. Watkins, Watkins says, Tommy had the hottest wife. 
And then mm. Michael Farrell jumps in with Amber was hot, but I got to put my vote with Shannon Tweed if we're talking wives. Okay. Oliver Villar, he talks about how we mentioned uh, Wendy Moore. Wendy Moore was mentioned on the episode, and this is her book about the time with Ace during the cycle circus era. It was released in 2004. After reading this book, it's easy to understand why Gene and Paul weren't fond of Ace. Yeah, okay. It's hard to think about this. It's it's hard to kind of put a lot of stock into an ex-girlfriend of somebody who yeah, oh, totally. is looking to make some money off some comments, you know? For, exa- for example, Rachel Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jason Warden says, Tom is correct. Sam is number one. Yeah. And then Mike Murphy puts up the lay off me. I'm starving. (laughs) Love it. Paul Stratton says, looking at their women, I can either see the result of Ace drinking all the time or why Ace was drinking all the time. (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's good. Tom. Tim Bream, a.k.a. Think of Family here, people. Listen! <laughs> think of Family here, people, and listen! Samantha will always be my number one. Hot as fuck back in the day. Still not that bad muff diver and all. <laughs> After Paul, she said, that's it. I might as well go for chicks. He's got to get his shot in. Can't leave it alone. Love it. I love God it. God bless you, Tim. When you give us great comments and fun stuff, we always want to read them, but Dude, you got to give up this whole thing of like Paul and Tommy. Like, if you want to bag on Paul, there's a million things you can bag on him for, but he's not gay with Tommy. No, no. Exactly. I know you want him to be because you yeah, can. He'll give you. You'll be. You'll get more creative with your memes, but yeah, you can make fun of his stupid hairdo, his right. crooked face, his lip syncing. You can do. There's plenty of shit to do. Or his terrible sneakers that he designed. <laughs> oh, I'm going to get them all out now, Tom. What are you told? Those are amazing. Animalized Pumas. I got my three limited edition Pumas here. And that's okay. why Paul is driving a Porsche. Paul Heider says, everyone here talking about the sexiest ladies, completely blowing by the sexiest person on this episode. The sultry tones of Mediterranean Zeus, an audio breeze gently wafting through our earbuds. Relax, come hither vibes, steering every listener's loins. You've changed, man, and I like it. There's uh, something else wafting around there with, yeah, Greece, with Zeus is right wow. now. Yeah. All right, let me see what I have on Instagram if there's anything there. Our buddy Jay Rucker says, great episode as always, guys. Thanks for picking my question. Your question was awesome, Jay. So thank you. Yes. Um, Todd Kowalski says, you were wondering who Connie Hemze is. She was a very famous groupie who's unfortunately got her start when she was way underage. There's a couple sort of interesting interviews with her on YouTube. And that's uh, that sweet, sweet Connie from We're an American Band, probably in discussion for the most famous groupie of all time with Babe Bell and Pamela DeBars. That was a comment from... Connor McGrath comedian. Nice. Uh, that was Instagram, Tom. Well, let's hop and skip on over to YouTube. Our buddy Marty White. Zeus is the most subdued I've ever heard of. Must be the Mediterranean food. And I don't want somebody fucking from the village coming in crucifying me. Lamb Rock Bandit. I'm half shocked that you guys hadn't done this episode before. Yet another entertaining episode. Tom and Zeus. 
The minute I saw the episode title, I knew it was going to be a good one. Also, the dedication from you guys to get this episode done is something special worth appreciating here. Shout it out loudcast, simply unstoppable in the shows here. And thank you for the kind words regarding my comment here. You guys rock. I love the interaction between us, the listeners, and you guys. Oh, and as Kane Roberts would say, RTFO. Rock love you, buddy. Out. But, the, but the Kane Roberts references have got to go. <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know him. Isn't he a big musclehead guitar guy? Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Could have been better. Shout out loud, listener. Hey, Paul, big fan. I heard you dated Nicole Bass. <laughs> Paul, just what I needed, more rumors. Oh, man. What about Rob, 5812? We'll end it with this. Laura isn't hot, in my opinion. Well, I think Tom joined you on that one, buddy. Yeah, she's not. I think so. I don't know. Okay. Anyway, Tom, over to you. All right, let's get through some emails here. Uh, let's see, coming in from our website. We love that. Shoutoutloudcast.com. You send us a message on there. It comes to us in the form of an email. This comes from our buddy, Jim Riley. He says, Lisa Lane, Kulik, Spencer Cook, Rodham, Clinton, Pancake, ABC, XYZ, Taxes, Joey Casado, VO5, Anthony Michael Hall is the sweetest gal in the top of the list. I'm partial to Bruce Kulik being my favorite member. And then he throws in a rest in peace, Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman. Yes, of course. Thank you, Jim. There's other emails. Thanks for keeping the episodes going. Dedication. Georgie and LaPierre shares half sister that Paul wrote the song. Hold me, touch me about. Okay. Our buddy. He must not have thought highly of her. (laughs) Yeah. Our buddy, Andy Salter. Great episode of the ladies of kiss star. Stowe star. Was a favorite of mine. Check out her photo shoot she did with the band around Destroyer. Yes, that was a great photo shoot. She's dressed in white, like this like kind of sexy outfit. Now the band's in their Destroyer outfits. Uh, very cool from 1976. Sadly, she died in 97 is a, and apparently was murdered. And her murder was never solved. Oof. Connie was known as Sweet Connie, famous groupie who apparently used butter in her mouth to perform acts. God damn, Andy. I don't want to know how you know this, but thank you for sharing that knowledge with us. We love that. I think so does fucking uh, Lisa Sparks. That's because she's stuffing a double stuffed popcorn from the local movie theater while she's doing it. Lisa Sparks is eating fucking ring dings while she's blowing guys. She's. <laughs> she... <laughs> she... <laughs> That's just the fucking image of that. It's just disgusting. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> Ew. Why do I have cream all over my talk? <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. Let me let me finish that fucking Susie Q before I bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? All right. All right. Let's finish up feedback here with one cent. Uh, via our website again uh, from our buddy Todd Harrig, longtime fan and Patreon supporter. Todd, we love you. He says, not sure if Zeus is committed or just should be. Holding down his duties from the other side of the world is nothing short of amazing. Thank you for caring about us schleps, the fans, to this degree, sir. It is appreciated. Well, Todd, 
We appreciate you, and we appreciate the fact that you appreciate us. And for that, my friend, you are the comment of the week. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. <laughs> yeah, Todd is a longtime uh, listener, great guy. Uh, love his cooking photos he puts up on Twitter. You guys should follow him. Puts up some oh, yeah. great food. Uh, yep. and not a big fan of his politics or his musical choices, <laughs> but he's a good guy. And that's Absolutely. what makes, and that's what music can do for you. Who gives a shit about the other stuff? Yep. All, we, music should bring us together, not tear us apart. So uh, that's right. I get off the soapbox. And Tom, what we do next is we give a shout out to our Patreon family. Uh, Patreon has been great. I, I love reading all the comments while I'm over here in Greece, and uh, the family continues to grow. Uh, you guys support us and help the show grow with your contributions. So if you're interested in joining our Patreon and helping the show, please go to our website, shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com, and then right on the landing page, you'll see an icon that say Patreon. Click on that. Take a look. There are four different options and four different tiers. We we give you guys merch, uh, input, polls, conversations, video chats, all sorts of shit. And you guys contribute to the show with your contributions and help. We've been continuously growing the show and continuously are the number one KISS podcast out there. And I would guess to say that there are more KISS podcasts than any other music podcast out there. So that's quite an accomplishment from two guys from Boston that were just fans, not in the music industry, and not podcasters ever before. This is all new, and we've built this together with our awesome listeners, our fucking social media kind of conversations, Facebook groups, Twitter account, Instagram. All because of you guys. And then Patreon came along and kind of helped shoot us into a different stratosphere. Your help is uh, greatly appreciated. And if you are interested in helping the show and you haven't joined, please take a look. Please join. It's a big help to us. And we really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. The Patreon family is essential and so important to us. Uh, keeping the show going, keeping the show growing, improving, being able to do a bunch of different things that we can give to you for content. Uh, we're just eternally grateful for everything you do, both the members who just joined and the members that have been there since day one. Thank you so much. Tom, what we do next is we go over to this world. Anything going on? Well, it's quiet. They're in a, they're on a break right now for the tour, uh, but on August 1st, Paul and Gene were in Milwaukee for the ribbon cutting of the new Rock and Brews uh, at the Casino Hotel in that area. And the cover band Priss, the all female cover band, um, did piss? some uh, you piss. Uh, they did some uh, performing there to get people fired up. Gene Simmons has the Demon Chicken Sandwich uh, as part of the menu. So that's cool. Let's see how hopefully this one does a little bit better than some of the other previous ones, I think. Um, but yeah, the kind of quiet for the band right now. But uh, I don't know. Anytime you see Paul and Gene out in the public, it's always cool to see them doing something. So yeah, but, uh, that's about it. Fantastic photo 
uh, of him being super excited about the opening. Dude, it, 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 he, it looked like he just stepped in dog shit. Like, I don't understand that face. Like he's undead. Like he's a, yeah. he was a, a a vampire in a movie. Yeah. Like all white. Like, yeah. And that hair, that, yeah, that hair, like he looked like Snape. Somebody put up a picture. He looked like Snape. Fucking tiny Tim vampire. Yeah. Just weird. He's just a weird guy. And he loves to put up things about happy occasions with like close ups of his face. And then miserable. It's not a pleasant. The, uh, uh, picture. No, it doesn't make sense. You're putting up these positive messages with these like somber, like not even somber, like grumpy fucking faces. It's like, what yeah. are you doing, dude? Yeah, oh. it's one of those things that I just don't understand the logic behind it. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. But again, yeah, you know, as we said last time, though, like people need to like lighten up. We're just having some fun. But he needs, oh, to of course, fun. yeah. Somebody needs to tell him, Paul, stop taking these pictures, man. They're not flattering. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. But that's about it. Very quiet in Kiss World right now. Well, we have a lot to get to. Yep. But before we do, hey, Paul, let me show you how to take a great photo. First, you got to have a crooked thumb. You got to look away from the camera. You got to look disinterested. And you got to look like you've been fucking slosh on a two week bender. And then you smile and you say, thanks, brother. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, we're back. And I had to explain to Ace that we're talking about Kiss Alive and not Frampton Comes Alive. <laughs> he was a little bit confused because he likes both albums, but I, I had to tell him that he was on this album. So we're going to get into all of that. Oh, boy, was he. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we've done many Kiss Live album reviews. We've done Kiss Alive 3, but this may be our biggest live album review. This is probably just as big as any album review. Yep. It's alive, baby. Yep. Yep. This is huge. Yeah, we've done uh we it's it's funny. We've been doing this for so long and 
I remember we're like, oh, let's save that. Let's save that. And it's like, we're getting to the point now where it's like, we're not saving anything anymore. We're getting to it. Like we saved yeah. Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. We did that. We've saved Kiss Alive. We're we're here. Yeah. So let's get into it. So Kiss Alive. Honestly, I don't remember it. I don't remember it as a kid. When I got back into Kiss as like either in sixth grade or middle school, I've talked about this. I would see magazine stuff and everyone's talking about Kiss Alive. In my mind, you know, I, I don't remember the shit when I was a young kid. I just remember images. And and I went out and I'm like, Kiss Alive. I look at it. I'm like, uh, this doesn't look familiar. Kiss Alive too sure did. And then I flip it to the back. I'm like, I don't know any of these fucking songs. <laughs> Where's a love gun? Where's Detroit Rock City? Where's Christine 16? So I was just like, what is this shit? I bought it because that's what you did. You bought, and I bought the double cassette stack. It was like four fucking things. I think like a look like a Big Mac. And uh, I played it and I was like, you know, this is good. I got to get into these songs, but I don't recognize really any of these songs except for rock and roll all night seemed familiar to me. And that was the only one, but it's not something that I, uh, I remembered as a young kid, I got into it and I remembered it when I was when I, my second time around with Kiss when I was like in junior high. So we're talking like mid 80s. And uh, after that, as you go through your, you know, Kiss discography, and you listen to all this stuff. You know, some things get played a little bit more. And then I fell in love with this and I played it a, a lot more. That's my intake. How about you, Tom? Yeah, mine's not that different from you. Um, you know, I, I came into Kiss at Love Gun, uh, at Double Platinum, the solo albums, Dynasty. So 77, 78, 70, like that whole era. And I, I we're just at that age. I don't have any, uh, you know, connection or kind of nostalgia for a live. I don't even remember the first time I bought it. I think I bought the CD and it was before they came with the slim packs, it was like the big stacked, yeah. like double yeah. thing or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, obviously it's, it's great. It's legendary. It's iconic. And we, we love it now, but growing up, it, I just, I never had anything, any connection to it. Me and you were the same. We went back. I'm like, I, I don't really know these songs. 50, like I don't, right. Uh, what's we're that? Both we're both. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If we were 55, we would be, it would be different. Exactly. That's yeah. The big divide between the kiss fans, the people yeah. that do the original three albums in alive. Or us that came into yep. Kiss after Alive built the fan base and then got us little kids into the next phase, which was yeah. Destroyer, Love Gun, and Double yeah. Clock and all that shit. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, do I love it? Of course, but I don't have any kind of like extra affinity or, or connection to it. But that doesn't take a, a take away from its its legend and its greatness, of course. Yeah. The, the the big thing I would take away from this would be like the pride that I have, because if you go by anything that Kiss has ever done, yeah, ever done, I would say Kiss Alive is critically the biggest thing that they've ever done for the. Oh, group. no doubt, and and I love when you know, whenever you see articles about the greatest live albums of all time, unless you're some real contrarian douchebag, yeah. Alive Alive always is on there. Yeah, unless you're some fucking like curmudgeon and don't want yeah. to. People that hate Kiss, even Rolling Stones and others, 
they will give credit to this. And this is yep. the one thing that KISS fans can unite that everybody loves. I, I don't hear anybody shitting on this. Nope. Right? Nope. Um, yep. Versus the Alive 2. And there it is that Alive 1, Alive 2 battle. And I can't wait till we do Alive 2 so we can do the eventual back and forth between the two. But for me, this is the proudest moment for any fan. Yes, yeah, agreed. Yep, yep. So let's talk about the album cover. Woohoo! I mean, there is so much facts behind this album cover and the back cover. So the legendary shot uh, on the cover is taken by the the famous photographer Finn Costello. Um, as most people know, the cover shot is not taken from a live concert, which is the ironic thing. It was taken at the empty Michigan Palace. Uh, it was a rehearsal place that they used. They filmed a lot of those publicity publicity shots and promo videos. If you go back and watch some of the videos, like you know, Kiss Exposed or Extreme Close Up or whatever, uh, they have like the "Come On and Love Me" like those. Pro- it was a video back before MTV. There were promo videos, and Finn Costello just says he had the band just doing a bunch of different shots. Uh, they took the they took this shot and it made it. Uh, he was under the impression that he still thought they would get a cover shot from a, a live concert, uh, but they went with this. And, you know, before we get into any more details about the cover, about the gatefold, the inserts, the back cover, let, let's talk about the, the front cover itself, Zeus. Yeah. All right. And there's a, a bunch of, like, different pictures from that yep. photo shoot you can see. But the one that made it to the cover. Yep. I, I love it for a couple of reasons. Number one, Ace is in the front being really, like, hamming it up with the guitar backwards and. Yeah, in the center of the photo, so yep. the, you know the quietest of the members is centered. You would yep. think Paul is like a background guy, the where he's set. Gene looks menacing. Peter's a little distant, but you can see the big signal above him. You see the smoke coming out. They certainly look different. Yeah, there's a couple things. I mean, I would argue. I mean, when we get into our rankings, we rank studio album covers and a lot and live album covers like separately. And, you know, that's that's what we do. But I would argue that this may be the greatest Kiss album cover out of everything they've ever done. If you combine everything they've ever done. I mean, granted, it's a it's a shoot. uh, You know, it's it's a it's a pose. Clearly, Ace isn't playing the guitar the way he's holding it. Gene is just young skinny gene i think is terrifying i think he looks fucking incredible yeah. you got that you got that legendary candelabra there paul's got like a like a little badass face peter with the sticks up in the air and the thing i love too is the color of the lights and the way the smoke is over and like the, the yeah. that that maroon purple with some of the blue some of the yellow and then i love how alive is written First of all, I love that it's called alive like frankenstein you know it's alive taken from their love of slave yeah. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah. And how it has like an exclamation point. It's just. It's a beautiful poster. Like it's. It's frameable. It's. It's just. It's legendary. The only thing uh, I don't um, like is I don't like Paul's guitar. Yeah. Well. Yeah. You got to remember when he. It's not very familiar to Kiss. Right. Man, at least not yep. for me. So I wish he was had one of those Paul Stanley guitars that we're all familiar with because yeah. of this legendary yeah. shot. But yep. it is what it is. And then before we get into the gatefold and all that stuff, let's flip it over in that uh, very rarely do you see an album cover that has a legendary back cover. And uh, and this one does. And 
So the two guys on the back of this, they're two guys named Bruce Redute and Lee Neves. If I'm pronouncing those wrong, then so be it. Um, and it's really cool because if you Google that, there's a picture of them kind of 40-something years later. Yeah. yeah, like holding up the picture. Um, it's pretty wild. But there was an interview that Finn Costello did, and he commented on some of the comments that Sean Delaney, who f- will figure into this episode yes, a little bit Sean more, too. Yeah, contradicted a lot of stuff. So, that, so there was a rumor that this picture on the back cover with these guys wasn't even taken at a Kiss concert, that it was taken at a Styx concert, yes. potentially. And it's because you look around, there's no, there's nobody has their faces painted, nobody has any Kiss shirts, there's nothing. Finn Costello refutes that and says, I think Sean is mixing up another story. Um, he says there was a Rush photo, the band Rush, that was used in, in conjunction with something involving like a Rainbow album. And he comments on the fact that at that time, there was no Kiss Army, so there wasn't a lot of Kiss T-shirts, and people were, were really weren't doing makeup yet. But either way, kind of a kind of a cool like legendary story. I remember for for a while being like, yeah, it's kind of weird. Nobody has Kiss shirts on. Nobody has their faces painted. Yeah, there's and some then here- videos out there. There's some videos out there, Tom. Uh, you on YouTube where Sean Delaney, yeah. late, you know, right around the time he passes yep. away, was yep putting out some th- comments out there that he paid these people, and he's you know he makes some valid points. This conspiracy theorist is like, why didn't you check this? Why didn't they? Because I paid those guys to run out there real quick and carry that. I don't know. But it's interesting. It adds to the lore and yeah. mystery of this album. Yeah. And then, of course, you open up the, if you know, if you have the vinyl, like I do, you open up the gatefold and you have those legendary notes that the band wrote. The cat, the the character notes in Ace's note, it says, Dear Earthlings. Gene's note says, Dear Victims. Paul's note says, My Dear Lovers. Peter's note says, Hi, Cat People. And at this time, it's so genius and so legendary because this is all people knew about the band. There was not a lot of music publication back then. And if there was, Kiss was not really featured in it. Obviously, no internet, obviously, no videos, nothing like that. So you see Gene's thing, you know, dear victims, I love to do all those deliciously painful things to you. Like, that's like, oh, shit, he's like, he's a fucking demon, you know, and then Paul's, you know, nothing arouses me more than seeing you getting off on me, <laughs> Oh, you know, man. and and then you get Ace. Dear Earthlings, the gravity on Earth isn't quite the same as it is on my planet. And then you get Peter's like, you know, hey, fuck people, you should get your claws into this album. Uh, it's just awesome. And then, of course, then the other side of the gateful, it says more kiss. And it's kind of like an advertisement for the first three albums. Uh, the vinyl has a booklet, which, of course, was in the CD. And it's kind of like a photo album, which is really fucking awesome. An incredible collector's piece. Bright, bright, beautiful color shots of the band. And then the gatefold of that booklet has a collage of the band pictures of all four members. And then the back has an incredible live shot. That's taken from an actual concert, which could have probably been the album cover if they wanted it to be. But again, you're getting some incredible nostalgia here. Kiss was always famous for including some, some, you know, gimmies in their, uh, their albums And kiss alive is, is one of the best for sure. One of the best. If you think about it, the opening, the middle gatefold, with the comments from all four members. Yeah. Not Peter says, Hey guys, thanks for buying this album. It's not Gene says this, that. So if you really consider this, 
maybe they were right that they were always characters and not yep. individuals because exactly. they're this before they took off. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Right. So yep. if the next album, all of a sudden there's a new cat person, would anybody really pick up on it? Right. Good so, point. Good point. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yep. so let's get into some facts. Okay. This Alive was released September 10th, 1975, produced by the legendary Eddie Kramer, who had produced their demo. The album is only certified gold because they haven't looked at it since 1975 in December. Yeah, That's crazy. Ridiculous. But the album sold 9 million worldwide. It made it all the way up to number nine on U.S. Billboard's 200. Rolling Stone in 2003 had it as number 159 greatest albums. Guitar World had it at number 26 as greatest guitar albums. The album charted for 110 weeks, by far the longest chart run in the band's history. Imagine that, two years. It had one single, Rock and Roll All Night, which made it all the way to number 12. Yep. It was recorded, supposedly, May 16, 1975, Cobo Arena, Detroit, Michigan. June 21st, 1975, Cleveland Music Hall, Cleveland, Ohio. July 20th, 1975, RKO Orpheum Theater, Davenport, Iowa. And July 23rd, 1975, Wildwoods Convention Center in Wildwood, New Jersey. And in addition, there's a lot of history behind the album's release. The band didn't sell the first three albums, weren't doing that well. And Paul thought the sound was weak and said, we need to give them the sound that they get when they go to a Kiss concert. So obviously they came up with the idea to do Kiss Alive. There's a lot of different stories. You know, in order to satisfy them, they did this. Uh, they were about to walk and sign a contract and leave Casablanca Records. Uh, fucking, what's his name? Bogart gave him a $2 million because they didn't, to keep them on the label after this thing picked up. There's a lot of stories here. And there are times that people say that this record, supposedly, is what saved Casablanca Records. Or was it Donna? Some, I don't know. But there's a lot of stuff in there. You guys can look it up. Otherwise, if we start getting into this, this will be an eight-hour episode, and the villagers yeah. to go to sleep here. So, no, you're right. But to, but to, but to yeah, but just but to sum it up, you, yeah. To, in summary, it was the, the the three first three records weren't selling. The band needed to capitalize on on Kiss's on stage uh, energy and persona. Neil Bogart said, "Let's try to do a live album." Bill Coin said, "Yeah, they had no money." So Coin paid for the whole thing. It pretty much saved Casablanca. It obviously saved Kiss. It launched them into the stratosphere and gave them the band that we have today. Um, so that's kind of a little bit of a summary of the story behind it. But I think the big story, at least for me as a Kiss fan, is how the the dialogue and the narrative has changed over the years about how live this album actually is. Yeah, they used to dispute it when people yeah. didn't shit about it. Yeah. Then they said, oh, no, 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 no. We just touched up a couple things. And then it went to, yeah, we fixed up everything. The only thing real is Peter's drum track. And then we played everything around that. Yeah. it's. Uh, I mean, Eddie Kramer even says, who cares if it's overdubbed? The energy still comes through. And we talked about Sean Delaney a little while ago and our amazing episode with Brian Kennard, author of Hellbox, one of the most incredible Kiss books that for some reason people don't know about. Please listen to that episode and get the book. Uh, the links on our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. But Sean Delaney is very, very candid about how not live this album is, about how things were re-recorded and dubbed. Um, according to him, Eddie Kramer actually spliced together 
screaming and cheers from different kiss yeah. performances to uh, make it sound like it was really, you know, a live album. Um, there's, uh, stories about how the band actually re-recorded parts of the album at electric lady studios prior to it being released. But again, if you want a true untouched live album, I suggest you start collecting bootlegs like I do because a true untouched live album does not sound that great. Well, I, I, I would say to anyone that's bitching about that, like, Oh, this is true. Who cares? Do you exactly. enjoy it? If right. you enjoy it, that's all that matters. Yep. And so, off the the in the off the soundboard, th- those are pretty much untouched soundboard recordings. So that's, but I, I don't think anybody's going to argue over over the the merits of how amazing Alive is. Correct. So Alive uh, features the first three albums. I've broken this down, Tom. Okay. Yes. The debut album has seven songs. Yep. Hotter Than Hell has five. Dressed to Kill has four. The debut album, Only Let Me Know and Kissing Time and Love Theme, are not on this. And they're yep. all mixed throughout the album. There are no covers. There's nothing. It's just the three albums and the songs on there. And the songs that are on Alive have now become legendary. Where mm-hmm. now Paul doesn't say this song is off of Dressed to Kill or Hotter Than Hell. He'll say this is off of Alive. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. And of course, you got the legendary. And I don't mean that as a positive thing for us, at least the 12 minute version of a hundred thousand years with the drum solo. You have some of the most iconic and legendary stage banter from Paul on this, you know, the whole thing, you know, I was talking to somebody backstage before, you know, the whole thing with the alcohol and, you know, vodka and orange juice and all that. Just, I mean, it's just legendary. And the people that bought this record who hadn't had a chance to see kiss, you can see why this launched the band into the next level. Cause you're like, Jesus Christ, this is what a kiss concert sounds like. Paul does this to the crowd. It, it's just the stuff of legends. Yeah. Well, let's get into it. So let's start off. You said legend. So let's start off with what starts this album. And that is the legendary J.R. Small in his comments that now has become like second nature to us but probably so far ahead of its time at the time. And that is the introduction. You wanted the best. You got it. The hottest band in the land. Land. Exactly. Not world. Land. Yes. I wish they stayed with that. Now they've changed it to world. Maybe they thought, well, we're bigger than just land. Now it's the world. Okay. What's next? The universal. I actually like, I actually like land better just because it rhymes with band. I think it's, I think it sounds more powerful than world, but that's just me. Yeah. I just like it for, it's like, this is what kicked off a lie. Yeah. This is yep. what put you guys into a different stratosphere. Honor that, respect that. And, you know, you got JR's New York accent opening this thing up. Yep. And, they go into Deuce. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite versions of the song. Raw, energetic, stripped down, just ballsy fucking performance. I mean, and to think that this song friggin' almost 50 years later still rips when they play it live. It's just stunning. Yeah, for me, it's a legendary opening. Bombs yep. going off. Then obviously the bass slide, which will be a common theme on this album. Yep. You almost feel like you're there. Paul's legendary do it. Peter and Ace are fucking killing it on this. Oh, the, the the band in general is just blowing it up. It's, incre- it's, it's incredible. All those that think I don't like Ace. 
Oh, Ace to me on this album is the MVP. Ace's solo on this song is fucking nuts. It is so good. Then there's the break. Then the solo. And then Gene's scream is just fucking. Yep. I love Ace Let's Loose again. Fucking insane. It's funny. It's funny how you say that Ace is the MVP for me. Shockingly, I think Peter's the MVP. I think Peter absolutely shines on this album with his live, with his performance here. I think he is. I think if people if people slag on Peter, go listen to Alive. And then at the end, you can tell that they're doing the dance because you oh, know, yeah. we're all kissed hearts. We all know what's happening. Yep. We know that we can visualize what's going on, and they're doing it. Yep. And it breaks down to Paul. Woo! How you doing? Oh yeah! It looks like we're gonna have ourselves what? A rock and roll party tonight. <laughs> Okay, Stanley. Okay, Stanley Eisen. And then they crank right into Strutter. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it, incredible opening. I mean, I mean, they knew what they were doing here. Two, two of my favorites, two of the best live performances. They go seamlessly into one another. You start off with Gene, you go right into Paul. Yeah, I love Peter's groove on this. The drums. Oh, it's, inc- it's incredible. Yep. You know, that we always talk about, in, uh, anytime we talk to drummers, like Charlie Benante, and he who will not get his fucking theme played. They all talk about like you don't have to be the hardest hitter, but Peter had this groove going. Oh, this and, rhythm and, that he was and using. That, and that groove, I said it. Well, there's a in a few songs we'll get to it where the groove really shines through for me. Yeah. So Paul's voice is on point on this song when he oh, sings yeah. certain parts, like she'll pass you by, and he holds the note on that, just like a charm. It'll drive you wild, and he holds those notes. Ace's solo is fucking awesome again. And it to me, this live version changes it from like a kind of slow to mid-tempo rocking song to a more hard rock song. Yes, totally. The live yeah, and it's, it, it's funny. There's a lot of examples on this. I recall if you go back to our episode with He Who Shall Not Be Named, we did an episode, What Do You Like Better, Studio Versus Live. Uh, and there's a couple songs on this album that kind of stand out in comparison to the studio versions. Yeah, and then I love the stuttering part at 240. And that, like these earworms that throughout this album that we all become accustomed to now and become second nature. Ace's outro is great. And I'm like, damn, Ace is fucking awesome on this. Two out, two songs in. Ace is really, I mean, it, it, you're, you're right. It's it, To me, it's between Ace and Peter. I give the slight edge to Peter, but Ace right now is is just a fucking guitar hero. Like, yes. like just, he, he is 1975. People are like, holy fuck, who is this guy? Because he is on fire. Then they go into gut to choose. Thud. <laughs> Sorry. I, it, I, I, I think it's a thud of a song and I think it's a, it does in performing live. It doesn't help. It's better. It's better live, but I still don't think, I think it's a weirdly paced song. They try to make it a little bit more kick-ass live and it, 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 it is, but it's, it's just not a, it, to me, it's not a great song here. I put Peter's drumming is great on this and I love the harmonies that they're all, yeah. Yeah. On the, you know, the double spoken word. Yep. Uh, I put it's a good song performed well. Another great ace solo. Yeah. Okay. So now I have Paul. Oh, yeah. All right. I'll tell you all. I got this feeling tonight's going to be one of those hot nights. It's always hot for him. I love it. We're going to get this place hotter 
than hell. And this is what I was talking about right here. To me, the single greatest example between a live version and a studio version, what Peter adds with his drums to this, there is a little additional swing bass kick here that's not on the Hotter Than Hell studio version. He makes this song glide. He makes this song groove. There's a little bit of a of a swagger to it because the version on Hotter Than Hell, the studio version, it is plodding and it's boring. This version here, listen to it. He's adding just a couple of flourishes with the drums to give it that little extra something. And I think it is such an incredible difference. It's, I think it, if I recall correctly, and I, it was such a long time ago, this may have been my number one live versus studio song when we did that episode. Okay. Cause I think it's, incre- I think it's incredible live. All right. So hotter than hell. I just put the song has more balls live. Yeah, exactly. Either yep. Again on the drums, the mid breakdown, then solo, then outro. Yeah. Jam. The one thing this song is missing. There's no gong. The, yes, um, which is weird song. thinking that it's live. Yeah, right. Yeah, Peter right. always has a gong in his drum set. You're used to seeing. Yep. Okay. Then when the song ends, they go right into Firehouse, Tom. Yeah, I know a lot of people love this version better than the studio version because the studio version is a little bit slower. Maybe people might refer to it as plotting. But this song to me is perfect regardless of the tempo. I love the production of the studio version. I love that pace. But this live version, it just ups it a little bit more. And then, of course, you get the friggin' siren, for Christ's sake. How can you love that any more than, I mean, it's just, it's just fucking legendary. Yeah, I love the beginning opening. Woohoo! Yeah! Yep. But I love the starts and stops on the version. Sheila, yes. you. Yep. Right? And then yep. you get, and then there's that Paul accent. Shakan move you. I love it. Oh yeah, he, it's it, the New York comes out of him like, so much, so much New York that it's almost Sean Connery. Shakan move you. <laughs> right, right, right. I love picking up on Gene's harmony on this. Yes, so, you can yeah. really hear it. So your feet hurt. Like he, he's over Paul on that. Yep. I fucking love that. It's Again, incredible. Earworms throughout this album. Yeah, uh, Ace's classic solo. With Peter doing his thing, uh, it's just amazing. I love the pause at 2.43. Then at 2.43, the bass slide that Gene does oh, it's awesome. all the time. Then yep. Paul says, he doesn't say, get the firehouse. He just says, firehouse. Firehouse. I love then, that. You, you get that awesome siren. siren. Now yep. get the firehouse. The sirens fucking love it. Can tell yep. Gene is breathing fire at the end, can't you? Just like the dance, oh, you can picture it at the you can end. Feel, you can, yep. You can feel it. You can visualize it. What does Paul say? Firehouse. <laughs> and as always, Tom and I would, before this podcast even started, we would always joke to each other, Ooh, get the firehouse because Gene's ass <laughs> house on fire. Oh, <laughs> So great. Oh, I love it. Then they go in right into Nothing to Lose. This is a song that is meant to be played live. I mean, whether you're talking about this version or the unplugged version, which everybody loves, just magnificent version performed live. Peter is just Gene. and it's It's just awesome. 
It's incredible. Yeah. Gene is great on this. I put, but to me, it's all about Peter's vocals. Yes. Screaming. And it just, you can't replicate that. No, it's it's authentic. It's passionate. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know any version of Eric Carr singing this, but Eric Singer cannot do this. He just doesn't have it. He fills the role. Yeah. There's no fire in his belly to sing this song. Every time, every, every time Peter sings this, especially here, it's, you can, it gets you just fired up. Yeah. At the two twelve mark when Peter's so badass, and he goes, choo, 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 yeah. I love, I love that. that. Yeah. yeah I and love it. Yep. He comes in with the solo and then the typical eighties move. And you know what that is? That's the, you got, got nothing. To, it's that shot through the heart. Yes. Something stops against the drums versus yep. the chorus being repeated in Kiss was doing it on a live, right? It's true. Yeah, one of the first people one of the first people to do it. Yeah. And then I just write at the end, just Peter is just fucking awesome. Yep. And then they go yep. into a favorite of yours, Tom. Come on and love me. Yeah. I mean, like I said, they take these songs that I already love on the studio versions. I absolutely adore Dress to Kill, but you just give them this energy, this live energy, a little bit of an increase in tempo and pace and energy. And, and a great song just becomes a, a just a tremendous song. If, if, if tremendous is better than great, I don't know, but it, it it's just the energy of Paul's vocals is just, it's just incredible. Paul says, come on and love me. We all know that now. Yep. Uh, yep. I love this live, but I'm going to say, I'm going to be honest with you, Tom. I'm not sure I like this better than the studio version. Yeah, it depends on what my it it depends on what my mood is because I love I mean I love the song so much that it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Sometimes I do think the studio version is a little bit better; it's a little bit sharper. Yeah, I think the production on it is fantastic on "Dress to Kill." If this was on "Hotter Than Hell," there's no way I would say that. Oh, I agree. Yeah, you're right. Right, and just another great a solo, although short. Yep. And I'm going to mention something because they go right into "Parasite." If you notice, side one, there ain't a lot of Paul talking. Side two, Paulie won't shut the fuck up. Exactly. Yeah. It's like right? he had to get he had to get warmed up a little bit. Yep. And hence that's why there's nine songs on side one and only seven. You think they would go eight to eight, but they don't. Well, that's also well, that's also because the next you get the 12 minute version of a hundred thousand years that we'll get that's into. Fucking Jesus. Yeah. Parasite comes on next, Tom. See, here you go. You take a great song that sounds like shit on Harder Than Hell, and you put it on this album. It's like a completely different song. It's it's energetic. It's ballsy. It's demonish. You lose to me. You lose all of that on the studio. And this is where, uh, you know, to to coin a phrase, this is where the song comes alive right here for me. Yeah, I just put for seventy five. This is a scary ass riff. Yep, it's strong. Totally. Yes. Yes. Very heavy. Genius. Thick ass vocals. Then the breakdown, the 204 mark. I fucking love it. Oh, so awesome. On his solo, Peter's killing it as well. The chorus vocals are great. Yep. Ah, it's just a great tune. And then they end side two with she, which you know goes they go right into that right after Paris. Yeah, an- another another great song. I love the dress to kill version. I agree with Zeus. I love the production on Dress to Kill. I think it's poppy, I think it's snappy, I think it's a great sounding record. But some of these songs, especially a song like She, that's slow and dark and heavy and gene vocals, it just gets a little bit more power here in the live version for me. Yeah, I just put this as a fun 
jam song. And you don't think oh, of yeah. jam songs when you think of Kiss. Yep. But I love the harmonies on the verses. And I love, again, you can hear Gene above the rest. Yep. I totally. love all the bass slides. Peter's drumming. Ace solo at the 303 mark. Oh, Jesus. The guitar fills on this as they sing the verses over again with just Peter. Oh, my God. And at yeah, 351 it's mark, the song goes into another jam and Ace goes fucking nuts. Yep. Th- that jam at the end with Ace is just legendary. It's incredible. Yeah. And then at 521, again, the music stops and then another outro jam. Then it yep. goes into the famous guitar solo, which I put that Tommy Steele's, I mean, borrows uh, <laughs> on his solo. And then the climatic end of side one. Paul ends with Ace Frehley, lead guitar. I love that. I love I loved that he, at that point, is like, okay, you guys need to know who's doing this if you're not sure. Yeah, I just, the, the, why the fuck is that part of the solo? Are they trying, like, that they, they're doing now? Like, are they, how are they doing that as a family with Tommy? I, I, I just don't know. I tell him, like, hey, everybody loves Alive. That's our critic album. Put more shit in there about Alive for the fans. They'll recognize that. Yep. Somebody, if you really want to do shit for the fans, play some fucking obscure songs. Not put Ace's solo, get mm-hmm. solo from Alive in Tommy's live solo uh, yep. output. That's yep. not right. doing anybody any favors, right? Yep. I couldn't agree with you more. You're right. Uh, that's nine tracks. There are only seven on side two. You flip it over, and I get the point because what a way to start side two watching you. Every time we hear watching you, I mean, I know for me, I'm sure for you, similar, I just get that image of Winterland, the evil gene. And this right here is is the same. It's the same thing. It's another song that I absolutely love. It's such a great song that I can tolerate it on Hotter Than Hell, even though the production's abysmal. But you put it on here, and it's a, just a completely different song. It's just completely amped up, and the it's just ballsier and and just more more evil, more more demon. Yeah, I, if you look back at my comments on Parasite, it's ditto yep. here. Heavy, yeah, exactly. Heavy, so badass and ahead of his time. And like you, Tom, I think of Winterland. Gene's yep. vocals are great when he starts doing trying not to stare at the one thirty eight mark. I he love that. that note fucking beautifully. Yep. Ace's solo is great, of course. And, uh, you know, I think Peter does a great job on this. Then yep. we take a fucking three-hour uh, break here while they play 100,000 years. Go ahead. Yeah, I- I'm not a big fan of this song in any version of it. I like this live version a lot, but I don't like the drum solo. I don't like the fact that it's 12 minutes. It's I get it. It, it's 1975. They're doing this kind of stuff, but it it's 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 not what I want to hear. Granted, Paul's banter is is great, but it's it's too much for me. It's over 12 minutes long. Yeah. Okay. I mean, they perform it well. The song yeah. itself is performed well. Yeah. It's not, the song sounds great. Ace's solo begins at 152. Then at the 250 mark on a 12 minute song, a drum solo begins. Yay! Yep. Drum solo. I put brutal. Fucking brutal. And it's not Peter's fault. It's just brutal. Three, basically three minutes long. And then yep. 552, Paul jumps in. So yep. if you really think about it, it's not a Paul fucking 10 minute drum solo. It's no. Paul solo for like 10 minutes. Because at 552, yep. and I wrote it all down, this is what Paul says. And I'll read it to you guys. We Do all it. Know it. 
All right. I got a question for you. I got a question for everybody over here. It's not here. It's here. It's here. New York accent. I want to know how many people over here, then pause, 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 like to party. Oh, I do. I like to party. I'm one of those people. I'm picturing fucking breakfast club. Uh, that'd be no, no for me, sir. Sit down, Stanley. <laughs> Sit down, Johnson. Well, all right. And I got a question for the wild people over here. Oh, yeah. I know. I want to know how many people over here like to get high. Relax, Paul. Ooh, how many people like to smoke marijuana? <laughs> how many people here like to smoke grass? <laughs> oh, man. Hopped up on that reefer shit. Oh. It's just, these are all sayings that sound like somebody that doesn't do these things, the way it's being presented. That's because that's what they are. How many people here like to party? Yeah. Oh. Oh, 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 I do. How many people like to smoke marijuana? How many <laughs> people like a high. taste of alcohol? Dude, you don't. So it doesn't sound authentic. So whatever. Anyways. Uh, all right. I got a question for everybody over here. H-E-Y-A. Here. I didn't forget about you people upstairs either. Oh, yeah. I want to know how many people here tonight. Pause, pause, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> So these people over here, they like to get high. These people over here believe in rock and roll. Can they hang out together? The fuck? Sorry, sir. You're in the Sorry. get high section. You can't believe in rock and roll. Yeah. No, you, you guys, you need, to, you need to decide what side you want to be on, sir. <laughs> I want to hear everybody, if you believe in rock and roll. Now, if you say you believe in rock and roll, oh, yeah. Well, if you believe in rock and roll, now I say if you believe in rock and roll. Now he sounds like fucking foghorn leghorn. I say, I say, I say, I say. Believe in rock and roll. I want, I want everybody here say, rock and roll. The crowd says rock and roll. He does get the crowd fired up. I'll give yeah. him that. They're now, fired come up. On. I know you can do better than that. Oh, okay. Okay. So we're going to try it again. I want all you to catch your breath because here it comes. I said, rock and roll. The crowd says rock and roll. Do it again now. I know. I know if you really want to, you can bring the roof down. Yeah. So let's take this time like you mean it. Ready? And then he does rock and roll. The crowd goes rock and roll. And he says, come on and clap your hands because that's what rock and roll is all about, Tom. Were you aware oh, of that? Yeah, I did. Clapping your hands is rock and roll. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Now, if you're familiar in rock and roll. Why don't you stand up for what you believe in, Tom? Why don't you pledge allegiance to the state <laughs> of rock and roll? <laughs> and I'm going to write a song about it in many years. Um, come on, get up. And he goes, "Woo! come on, do you feel right? And then we all know this. Then he asks you, come on, do you feel right? And then he does that. Then he, do you feel? And then he fucking screams but I, but right. I, but I love when he does that and you can hear the band going Rawr. like you can hear like when he says, do you feel right? And like you can hear like the bass, the guitar. Kind of, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Yep. And then he said, do you feel right? Oh, yeah. Come on. Well, come on. Come on. And then the, finally the guitar kicks back in. Yep. Sorry to have taken so long. Then back into the ending of 100,000 years. 
and yeah. just I mean, wailing on the aces, wailing on the outro, and then Paul says, "Rock and roll." I mean, as kind of as kind of boring as the song is, I, I you got to hint that's that's some of Paul's best material, in my opinion. That's that's that 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 banter is legendary for me. Yeah, the problem is it. it you know, we recognize it from the from the live, right? And then it's just yeah. become a staple in all their live performances. When yeah. hundred thousand years comes on, you're like, oh, I'm going to the bathroom. I'll be back. Exactly. And it's right. Going to be Twelve minutes, and Paul just yep. Yeah. Yep. Then they go right into Black Diamond, best version of the song, bar none. Not even close. To, to not even close. This this version is insane. Yeah, I love the slow acoustic intro. Me but too. Yep. The extra stuff that Paul adds to it now. Oh, I don't like that either. Yeah. yeah. The hit it and crowd goes nuts. Then Peter. Oh, wow. It's, 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 it, yeah, it's incredible. Ace's yep. solo combined with Peter's wailing, just goosebumps. Yep. Just goosebumps. Sorry. At the 333 mark, the, like the outro kind of begins and then the, for 23 mark that boom, boom, that fucking the little wow, droning wow. sound yeah fireworks yeah. are going off and then good night ends with clapping yep it's amazing so I, oh. I, I, this is what i don't understand then they come back to with rock bottom so i don't know if that's technically supposed to be the the way they set up the album at least as though this is the encore with four songs but regardless they go into rock bottom yeah, I, I I think because it, this was recorded so many different venues, I don't even think they looked at it that way in terms of an encore. Um, yeah. But Rock Bottom is one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. I remember the first time I heard it. Um, I love it. The Dress to Kill version, I absolutely love. I love the Unplugged version. I love every version of this. This version's great. Uh, it's just a great fucking song. And I don't care what version it is. I love it. Yeah, clapping starts up again. Paul with the, oh, hey, yeah. Yep. Then the acoustic begins into rock bottom. Ace's solo is cool, I put. And Peter's groove is so evident on a track like this. It's incredible. Oh, it's 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 amazing. Yep. All right. Now it becomes even a legend, more legendary Paul Stanley stage banter. Oh, he hey. saves us. He's he's he saves us from kind of a mediocre song, in my opinion. I know it's a classic, I know it's a legend, but yeah. Oh hey. How y'all feel all right? I got a little question for all you. I want to know how many people here like the taste of alcohol, Tom. First of all, not how many people like to drink. How many people like the taste of alcohol? I Dude. love green alcohol. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I'm, I'm a big fan. I, I, I like the taste of bourbon. Yeah, that's me. And I believe in rock and roll too, Paul. Oh, you belong in this category, then, Tom. Oh my God! Uh, all right, I know you. It's getting. This is my favorite thing. I think Jericho always mentions this. It's getting so hot outside. You always need something to cool you off. There's gotta be some people out there that like to drink tequila, Tom, when you're hot. Yeah, honestly, when I'm doing yard work and it's a, and it's like a hundred degrees in the middle of July, do I grab a Gatorade? No. Do I grab a <laughs> bottle of water? No. I grab a bottle of Jose Cuervo and it just cools me right down. It's just incredible. like Kramer in Seinfeld when the when the runner goes by, I think he hands him uh, hot coffee. Yeah, well, not hot coffee. He gives him tequila because the guy needs to cool down. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. Dude, what are you doing? Like a person that does not drink alcohol ever. 
Nope. The poor guy. It's, yeah. it's hilarious. And then here comes some more. Then, oh, I forgot to mention, this is the part, like to drink tequila. Then what happens? Off the little cowbell. That That's friggin' hilarious. I absolutely, I'll never get sick of it's that. It's almost like cartoonish. Yeah, a little, little like Mexican like sombrero dance. I love it. Yeah. And then, all right. Oh, I was talking to somebody backstage before. That's, that's my, no, you weren't. First of all, let's, let's, let's pause for a second and break this down. I was talking to somebody backstage before, and this person that he was talking to told Paul that these people like to drink a certain drink. What, what do they like to drink, Paul? What, what, what did Paul learn? Well, there's a lot of you people here that like to drink vodka and orange juice. Who? Like, let's let again, this, this is like, this is like, like, like the, like the, the parent that's trying to be hip with its kids. Hey, I was talking to some of your friends and they said, you like to drink vodka and orange juice. What? You mean a screwdriver? I hear you guys are going to attend a a local mixer. They might have some spirits while you're there. (laughs) I heard they might be serving mixed drinks yeah. it's just <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think you think we got a good crowd out there tonight oh yeah you guys sold a lot of tickets and by the way the people that are coming they like to drink vodka and orange juice but i i love who he says i was talking to somebody backstage so was there a conversation like hey um i don't drink what do these people like to drink because i need to sound cool <laughs> later on well i think they like to drink vodka and orange juice all right great thanks. no 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 Vodka and orange juice. I was talking to somebody backstage before. They said you like to drink Zima. (laughs) Passion. (laughs) Horrible. Horrible. Fucking legendary. But it's so legendary. Oh, it is. I I love Jericho's fucking break. Oh, yeah. Too. Yeah. Uh, uh, (laughs) And I tell you something. When you're down in the dumps and you need something to bring you up, there's only one thing that's going to do it the way you want it. And then the crowd says, Colgin, what's that, Colgin? I can't hear you, Colgin. And then that initial ace. Din, 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 it. It's awesome. Right into Colgin. All right. Right? right? Oh, it's How, so I mean, It's good. so legendary. That whole buildup and right into that. See, to me, that Paul Stanley rap is perfect. I agree. Perfect. Like and it, here's the difference. Fun, in, it's legendary. It's yeah. It leads right into song, and it's quick. And here's the sound of a band who just wrote this song, who is performing it early on with with energy, with balls, with passion, mm-hmm. and that's why it sounds fucking amazing. Because fifty years later, this song puts me to fucking sleep when they play it live. Yeah, nobody's fucking. As as popular as the song is with Kiss Tards, Cold Gin isn't a thing. No. I've never heard anybody that's not a Kiss fan go, you know what I need? But make sure we have Cold Gin at the party. Yep. Right? It's just it's just not a thing. But regardless, yep. Gene bass slide again. Uh, I think this is a lot faster and harder instead of the plotting studio version. Of yeah, oh, I agree. Solo. Yeah, I agree. Yep. The yep. bass solo is great. Yep. Paul does the, all right, and the, oh, yeah, even though this is Gene's song. 
And so yeah. I put that in there. Paul also does that. He keeps us together, right? He adds that yep. line in there too. Yep. Um, Ace's outro is super cool. And Paul says, good night again, then clapping. Yep. So I'm like, oh, so that's it. And these two next are the uh, the encores. Could be. Yep. Yep. Now, we all know the next stuff comes up. It's so fucking legendary. You can't be a Kiss fan without knowing this. And that's Paul. Listen, I want to tell you all. I want to tell you, you've been a dynamite audience. You deserve to give yourselves a round of applause. Let's go. It sounds like Eddie Murphy. You all are so, so lovely tonight. I'll give yourselves a round of applause. First of all, we got to give Paul chocolate. This place so lovely. Don't you agree? We got to give Paul credit for using the word dynamite. I mean, no one uses that word anymore. And it just sounds awesome. You've been a dynamite. Good times. It was just out then. Exactly. I love it. I love it. And then he was, well, all right. Well, hey, so let's rock and roll all night and party every day. And then the infamous drums start off rock and roll all night. Yeah, and I don't know why the fucking album didn't end here. I don't get it. I mean, I know it's not I know it's 1975 and the song wasn't yet what it is now, but god damn it, they fucking ruined it for me with the with the next song. Well, anyways, this song is just so legendary and so recognizable. Paul asserts himself again with the come on once again in yep. songs that are not his. Paul has the do it from Deuce. He has the Colgin, which I was just talking about. All right. Oh, yeah. That keeps us together line. And then on this one, he's interfering. I, I shouldn't say interfering, but he's like he's being like a, like a flavor flave on this song. He's being a hype man. I was, yeah, hype man. Yep. most popular songs. Yep. Deuce, Colgin, and Rock All Night. Gene doesn't interfere when you sing your big songs, Paul. Exactly. Fuck out of these songs. Why does he jump in? Now they become legendary to me. You think Paul would like it if Gene did that to him? Yep. Paul has knows how popular these songs are. He's got to have a role in them. That's my psychoanalyst uh, analysis about this. Sorry, that's how I feel. And then I just put the legendary and fun A solo, which was not on the actual studio album of this song. That's right. Become legendary on the Alive version. And then I also put Peter's drumming on this is so underrated. Oh, yeah. He's amazing in the entire album. Yeah. Yeah. They wrap up with Let Me Go Rock and Roll next. Yeah. I I don't, I'm not a fan of the song, but at least the live version, there's tons of amazing energy. Gene sounds great. Ace's guitar is just absolutely off the walls, just awesome. So that saves it for me. I get it. Fan favorite, upbeat, ripping song, great guitar work, but just, if I'm gonna li- if if I'm forced to listen to this, this is the version I'm gonna go to. But yeah, not not. I've, it's been documented many times that I don't like the song. Jeans rock and roll. Then the bass line, boom. Ace is fucking killing it on this. It's so oh god, yeah. But yeah. Ace goes nuts at the two oh six mark again. Then the breakdown at two fifty seven with Jeans bass just going. Peter ends the song with a kiss loves you rock and roll. Now that's become famous at the 458 mark. Then yep. good night clap starts fade, uh, fading away. The fans saying kiss, 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 and kiss, then, kiss. Yeah. And then that's the end yep. of kiss alive. That's it. 
final thoughts? I mean, it's just, it's, it's funny. We've talked about a bunch of like classic albums in a row. We've recently talked about Led Zeppelin four. We've talked about Metallica master of puppets, talking about kiss a lot, like Peter Chris out of control. Yep. That's right. Can't forget about that one. Put that in there, but you talk about albums that have just been talked about forever for a reason. They're legendary. They're iconic. They're essential. And Kiss Alive is 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 there. I mean, I know there's going to be people that oh fucking Led Zeppelin's fucking this that the other thing. Sorry, whether you like it or not, these albums are all mentioned in the same breath in my world. Master of Puppets, Zeppelin Four, and Kiss Alive, all done with yeah, really a, a month days, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, incredible. To me, this deserves all the accolades it's gotten. Yep, there's not a throwaway song. There's nothing in here that would take out. I think they're all no. excellent. There's songs that are just not as good, but they're still done well. Um, yeah. Would I have liked to heard other songs on this album? Of course. They become deep cuts, but I like that they're deep cuts because then you can go to them. Um, but this album has got so many legendary songs, so many earworms that are so famous to us all. You could probably do a top 10 list of favorite things, not songs, of things on a live. And whether you read the cover, whether you say the intro by J.B. Smallins, J.R. Smallins, or whether you say the fucking stage banter on 100,000 Years yep. or the Ace guitar solo, I mean, you could go down the list. Yeah. It's amazing. Yep. But I'm glad we got this thing done. It was, in some sense, not a lot of work because I know these songs inside out. But then again, it was a lot of work because... We know the things that move us about this album, but you, right. you, know, you don't have to, you have to kind of write them all down because there's so many. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And you, and you and we want to give it the attention it deserves. It's Kiss Alive. Exactly. Yep. So, Tom, what we usually do is we mention five tracks each yep. that uh, really stood out for us. So, yep. I mean, I can go first. And I go ahead. Number five for me, that would be rock and roll all night i have to have it in there it's so legendary i know it's beaten in this fatigue factor but number five for me is rock and roll all night okay number five for me is rock bottom okay. yep um number four for me would be the opener deuce yep just what a way to kick off an album mm-hmm. and i include jr smallin's intro to that oh yeah uh, number four for me, Come On and Love Me. Great song. Uh, different version. Great in its own way, but yeah. Number three for me, that's nothing to lose. Just nice. Chris. Yep. Number three for me, Parasite. A great song made great, even greater, I should say, by the live version here. All right. This is the toughest thing. I love Black Diamond more than anything. Yep. And I have it ranked as my number one Kiss song right now. Yep. And it is incredible live. But it's going to be my number two here. The mm, long okay. outro takes a little bit away from it. And yeah. there are tons of, tons of great versions of this song. Yeah. So okay. I would put Black Diamond as number two. Number two for me is a song that I... Normally, I'm not a huge fan of, but the live version is so incredibly superior to the studio version. I actually like this. And thank you, Peter Chris. And that's harder than hell. Great pick. Yep. 
number one for me, uh, you've heard me mention this song so many times, and it probably would never be the the studio version. I love the song. I, I just wouldn't normally put the studio version this high, but the live version of Firehouse with the yeah. silence and the fucking harmonies. Yeah. Awesome. Badass. And the guitar and the outro and the whole imagery of picturing Gene doing the fire. It's just when I hear this version more than any other version, I'm like, that's alive. Mm-hmm. That's alive. Yep. Don't tell me anything yep. else. Black Diamond, uh, you know, nothing to lose. Do swap and roll all night. Like I know those songs, but you know, without the banter, I could say, is that from that? Is that from that? Yeah. I know this version of Firehouse, and that for yep. me it's the best version. Yeah. Well, number one for me, you, you already picked it, and that's the intro song, Deuce, with the opening and just yeah, the bombs, the blazing, the flames, Gene, just fucking, I still love the song to this day, and I still get goosebumps when they open with it, which they don't anymore, and they should, but that's okay. Just to be different, I will say for honorable mentions, I would say Watching You, but, you know, we always talk about the Winterland version, so there's so many other great versions of that, not that this version isn't great. Yep. That's the only reason it gets penalized a little. And I would probably put she in there for me. And let yeah, me go for, roll. Honestly, I love this version. I would definitely say Firehouse because of the siren. And I would actually say Cold Gin because of the banter. Yeah. Yep. Well, Tom, we just did the unthinkable. We did an album review of Alive. That's right. Yeah. So now we're going to get to the good stuff. And that does not mean read my body. <laughs> It's the rankings. Yes. Tom, first we do album covers. Yep. Do you uh, want to tell everybody what your album covers are for the live album so far? Yep. So the live albums we've done so far, we have done Kiss Alive 3, You Wanted the Best, You Got the Best, and then all the off the soundboards. In order, Des Moines 77, Poughkeepsie 84, Donington 96, Tokyo 01, Virginia Beach 04. Album covers, I put Poughkeepsie number one, because I like to have fun with these off the soundboards. I have you wanted the best, you got the best two alive three three, and then the re- the remainder of them are all the off the soundboards. Des Moines, Donington, Tokyo, Virginia Beach. This is by far, without a doubt, probably the easiest number one ranking ever in terms of cover for me. This goes slam dunk number one because it's probably the first real cover that we've ever even done for a live album. Tom, I have. Uh, Alive 3 is the number one live album. Then you wanted the best. Then uh, we get to the soundboards. Des Moines, Donington, Tokyo, Virginia Beach, Poughkeepsie, respectively. Yeah, yep. this is easy as well. Alive is number yep. one. Not even close. Easy. Yep. All right. Let's go to albums in and of itself, Tom. All right. So the live album's ranked. So I have at the bottom, Virginia Beach 04, Tokyo 01. You got to the you wanted the best. You got the best. Poughkeepsie 84, Donington 96, Kiss Alive 3, and Des Moines 77. Now, I am about to get tarred and feathered by Kiss oh, World right no. now. Oh, no. Okay. I've said this before when the show started, and I remember taking a beating on it. I love this album. I respect its legacy. I, res- I respect its legend. I don't have any connection to it. And I... I love it. And ranking Kiss albums is an exercise in futility for me. But that being said, this is going number three. (laughs) 
I like a lot. I like Alive Three better. I like that track listing. I love the sound of that album. I love the sound of that band. I love Bruce. I think Eric Singer sounds fucking incredible. It's got songs from Revenge on there. It's got songs from All Airs on there. So, uh, and of course, Des Moines '77, that Love Gun era, almost nothing is going to beat that. So yeah, Kiss Alive goes three for me. Sorry. Wow. Yep. All right. My number seven was Virginia Beach. Tokyo is six. You Wanted the Best is five. Then off the songboard again at Donington at four. Uh, Poughkeepsie at three. I put Kiss Alive three at two. Soundboard, Des Moines, number one, like you. Kiss Alive is number one. It's not even fucking close. It is nice. number one. Okay. Uh, and it is what it is. Uh, yeah, deserves it, and I'm happy to put it there. I mean, I will tell you this: that's that's the right answer. I, I just can't do it yeah, just because it's our own. Like, yeah, so yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Maybe you you could have had it fifth for all I care. You yeah. could say like, yeah, these songs are studio songs that I'm not a big fan of. I like the '80s era better. Or I like. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm songs better. I guess I'm coming in hot because I had Led Zeppelin four ranked last in our Zeppelin rankings, and now I have a live. Now I have a live ranked third. Yeah, and you had Out of Control ranked best Kiss solo album too, right? I did not. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> wow. Well, this was a lot of fun, guys. A lot of fun. Yep. So thank you for listening. And Tom, what we do next is question of the week. You got one. Yes, we do. We got one from our good friend, longtime listener, and fellow Kiss cruise mate that we've hung out with, Joe Papalardo. This is a Ooh. question we've been sitting on. It's a question we've been sitting on for a while. It's kind of it's kind of timely for Alive. He says, uh, talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction debacle, uh, he says, I really wish Gene and Paul would have put their egos aside and played with Peter and Ace. Probably one of the biggest mistakes in the band's histories. But just the four of them on stage would have brought the roof down. What? Three songs would they have played if it was just the th- just the original four? What would they have played at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction? Obviously, Rock and Roll Night. Definitely, yes. Way Paul would not have two more songs. That being the case, it's easy. You'd go Detroit Rock City and Love Gun. Paul oh. on the stage without doing Love Gun. Fuck no. You don't think Gene is going to sing a song? I said Rock and Roll Night. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. Okay. Take that. Yeah, take that out. I'll take that out. out. Yeah, Gene gets his typical. Gene ain't gonna push. One of them's getting an extra song. Well, how about doing? <laughs> What's that? Why can't we do two sides of the coin? <laughs> What's wrong with playing it to the void? <laughs> uh yeah, well, definitely. Well, obviously, Rock and Roll Night, Detroit Rock City, or Layups, Love Gun. Mm, I don't know. Favorite songs. Paul's ego. Paul is playing Love Gun. I think. Oof. I, there's two songs I'm going back and forth on. One of them is Strutter because it's original. It's classic. Paul loves it. it but I, I agree with you. It's definitely a Paul song. It I think it's Deuce, which would be like the first song you go where they start with Deuce, right? They ain't doing it because Gene ain't getting two songs. That's why, you know, you're right. I agree with you on that. Gene will get rock and roll all night. So Paul's either going to get Strutter or probably Love Gun. I, you're right because Paul's on record as saying it's one of his favorite songs of all time that he's ever written. So, yeah, we'll go with Rock and Roll Night in Detroit Rock City, and then I'll say Strutter, and you'll say Love Gun. And I yeah. think I think both of those could be potentially correct. Yes. Yeah. Or what if they did You Wanted the Best, Tom, where all four members can, hey, I got a great line in that song. It goes, because it's not your place. 
Nobody wants to hear that song. Nobody, including me. Nobody wants to hear that song. But great question, Joe. We love you. We love your your support and uh, hanging out with you on the cruise, buddy. So thank you for the question. Appreciate it very much. And everybody out there, if you want to have your question read uh, as part of our weekly episodes, or if you want to be part of our upcoming mailbag that we do every fall slash winter, please send us your questions uh, to our email. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Yeah, thanks for the question, Joe. And Tom, where can people find us? Yeah, so we've mentioned it a bunch of times this episode. We'll mention it again. Our Start with our website, shoutoutloudcast.com. You can find all of our episodes there. You can find links to our merch store. we got some amazing new merch courtesy of our buddy Jeff Trott. Uh, links to our Amazon shopping store. Links to our Patreon, our social media. You can message us directly through there, and we get them in the form of an email. Uh, and if you want to send us an email directly, that is shoutoutloudcast at gmail.com. And of course, social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, threads. I don't know what anybody's doing that. TikTok, we're not really on that either, but we're there. And you can please tag us, all that good stuff. We're very active on social media. If you're not following us, start doing it. If you are following us, you know that we love to keep everybody together. Uh, we're a family. And we love that. So, And as we mentioned earlier, huge shout out to all of our Patreons. We love you guys. And we always like to say that we are a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network of Shows. Yeah, you can always DM us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel and give us one of those five-star child reviews on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Facebook, Podchaser, wherever you can. Those are greatly appreciated. And when you do, we'll give you a shout-out on the show. Now, make sure you support the show by either taking a peek at our Patreon or going to our merch store on our website or our Amazon store, which is on our website. All you got to do is go to shoutitoutloudcast.com, shoutitoutloudcast.com. All those things are great ways to help the show, as well as I said previously, uh, giving us a five-star child review. Now. You can always email us at, at shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com, shoutitoutloudcast at gmail.com. Tom, we always end our show with famous last words. You got any? Oh, of course. Sometimes, late at night, I want to hold you tight. Oh, no. You got to pay, girl. You hit rock bottom, and you're there to stay. Classic. She can move you and improve you with her love and her devotion. And she'll thrill you and she'll chill you, but you're headed for commotion. Tom Loudcaster's Kiss Army, thank you. Guys, you're the best. Thank you so much. Fellow Grecian, fellow Islanders out there. Thank you for keeping my uh, partner, friend, and co-host safe. And Zeus, as always, my friend, thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. Crazy, insane. Insane? Crazy? It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 